Catching Up with Jamie Crick, Kerry Ellis and Johnny Bunyan. Hello this week, a theatre workshop event at the Other Palace that aims to find the next big new musical. And Emma Kingston is one of the performers in the associated series of Nightcaps. What is that? And we'll find out about, of course, Emma being in both Les Miserables and Evita. So plenty to talk about today. It gives people a real opportunity to come and see new work. And I think we've got such a want for new work at the moment. First, we go backstage to meet Alan Bradshaw, resident director of School of Rock. So it's back to school for Johnny Bunyan in those short trousers meeting Alan. A resident director on a show is there to uphold the original vision of the original director, in our case, Lawrence Connor. And um, a theatre disaster from you. If you got your hand stuck in a stage light, right, the front of the stage, would you A, rush to hospital or B, strap it up and carry on? We'll hear what Casey Evans does later. And it's welcome to Kerry Ellis. Hello. Johnny Bunyan. Hi. Um, thanks for joining us. And uh, with Emma here as well. Hello, Emma. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Emma, we're going to talk to you about um, about what you're up to. But, of course, there's a bit of a, a lame-is loving here with you guys. You can, you know, talk about it because you've both been in it. Kerry was actually the first Fontaine I ever saw. <gasps> wow. Oh, I love that show so much. It was. It's just one of those shows. I grew up with listening to uh, Les Miserables. It was the first musical I ever saw. Um, and it kind of it sparked my love of theatre, and and I had you know to then be in it and play Fontaine was just magical, yeah. and I just love it. We've talked about it so much in the last few weeks, and it is all over websites and news again at the moment. Um, John Napier, first of all, Johnny. Indeed, John Napier, of course, the uh, Les Miserables designer of the original production. He's come out and actually essentially said he's not a massive fan of the new touring version. He's, he's made some quite kind of um, snipey comments about it. This is obviously in wake of the fact that the touring production is eventually going to be coming into the Queen's Theatre yeah, at this the end is of the, the year. Sellout, by the way, the sellout touring production going around uh, the UK at the moment. So, I mean, obviously audiences love it. They do indeed, and it is a fantastic production. I can understand why he's kind of he's he's making comments though, because it is, as you say, been in the news recently. And the most up to date news we have is that the Gilgood production. So of course we know it's moving from the Queen's Theatre yeah, so to the Gilgood. Yes, yeah, so let's be clear. It's going down the road a bit. It is literally next because door because they're refurbishing the Queen's Theatre, which hasn't had a refurb since the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And then the touring production comes in there. This gets very confusing. <laughs> but the the production you'll see at the Gilgood isn't the one that's at the Queen's theatre at the moment. Well, this is it. We thought that the Revolve was simply moving next door. It turns out it's not. So the Queen's Theatre Revolve will be finishing when it does, and then when the Gilgood production opens shortly afterwards, it's going to be a fully staged concert version, and there's a bit of casting news. Well, I think the casting news is really interesting. Go on. It is, indeed. So we've got the fabulous Michael Ball, who, of course, originated the role of Marius back in 1985. He's coming in to play... Not Marius again, but Javert. <laughs> and he's bringing with him a good mate of his, Alfie Beau, who, of course, has played uh, Valjean in the 25th anniversary production. He's coming to play Valjean, plus Matt Lucas to play Tenardier. So we've got a really great, strong lineup. But, of course, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like because there won't be a revolve, fully staged. What does that mean? Yeah. yeah but you, you look back to something like the 10th anniversary at the Albert Hall and mm-hmm. that wonderful uh, evening with Ruthie Henshaw playing Fontaine and Michael was there, you know, and it, it stood up with that music. Music stands up on its own. Everybody does it in concerts. Well, they, yeah, well, they finish their show with Les Mis because it's so powerful, and, Ball, and I think that's going to be amazing. Ball and Bo have had massive success with their Together and Together Again tours as well, so people love seeing them. But, I mean, if you go and see Les Miserables, 
surely you want to see the show and this is more like a concert version. But I've toured all around the world singing these songs and I promise you so many people end their concerts with One Day More, with At the End of the Day. You know, they, they finish with these huge um, montages of, of these songs and it's so powerful. People go incredibly insane for it. So I think seeing all that line-up, it's... It's another anniversary, isn't it? It's another anniversary show, I think. You know, it's got that feel to it. And, and I think people are going to love it, seeing those Matt Lucas again doing, yeah. doing well, what he does I, best. I think, it's, I think it's quite clever not to try and take the revolve down the road, you know, on a trolley. But actually to do something completely different for the summer, really. It will be unique, and I think that's what's going to be exciting. So actually, people who do book tickets to see, not only are they seeing this fantastic cast, but actually as a production, it presumably is the only time in the Western history that you're going to see a concert version. And actually, in recent times, E&O have done very good out of concert versions. We've had Sun- Sunset Boulevard there, we've had um, many other shows that have gone from my mind but sure, you're doing Man of La Mancha this year absolutely so yeah. so as a as an opportunity to see a concert concert, concert version, version <laughs> it's still hopefully going to work yeah I think similar to what Kerry said the reason I love Les Mis is because of that 10th anniversary concert I watched it on VHS video and that's what gave me such a love for that show like sort of before seeing a revolve before seeing a barricade it is the music that transcends to everyone mm. and i think it will be a really yeah. special experience yeah. by the way depending on how old you are listening right now you can ask your mum and dad about vhs, <laughs> VHS. <laughs> uh, videos <laughs> and i'm still in my 20s yeah, yeah, then yeah. they weren't from that long ago yeah. or, or just download the uh, the actual the 10th anniversary <laughs> event and so i mean emma what for you the show is just it's the music that really speaks to people then yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's got the revolve, which everyone talks about. So it is one of the stars of the show. And I suppose it is in a way. I mean, you know, having said that, I love the show as a show and I love the original production. I think it's a London institution and I think it's the only remaining original production from around the world. And I will definitely be sad to see it go. But at the same time, we have to always remember that new life can be brought into these shows. And I think it will be a refreshing change for Les Mis. You know, having said that, I worked on that show for two years and I had the best two years. Like, everyone in that building is so lovely. They just really respect the show. They really respect everyone who's a part of it, from your backstage Mm. crew to your actors on stage to your company management to your dresses. Everyone in that building is just so wonderful. But, yeah, I'll be sad to see it in its original form go, but... I think it will be a refreshing lift. Kerry, you, I, mean, I know you loved it. You loved being in the show. It's mm. interesting. I don't think I've, I can think of a show, Broadway or West End, that's caused quite so much debate and controversy over what? some changes, yeah. which, which any other show might be, might be put on in a different way and people would go, oh, it's a new production. Well, they did it before with the, with the Saigon version and they took the helicopter out. You know, they, put a, mm. they did a screen and, and it was actually the version that I did and we toured it around the country. However, people still went mental for the music. They still loved the show. And, and you've got to remember that for some people, it's the first time that they're seeing it. So mm. they won't know that there was a revolve or they won't know that there was a helicopter. You know, they, those kind of things make it, it's a new experience for a whole new audience. And yeah. I agree, you know, essentially, it's, I think the music is what stays with people and yeah. what ignites people's passion. Yeah, because in the, in the movie, you were in the movie. I was. There was no revolve. <laughs> <laughs> it was no revolve in the movie. Sorry, it's a little it was a little. Yeah. It was a brief moment, um, but yeah, are you, memorable. Well, and all, you know what's nice is that that show or this show. You know, we've just had the TV, um, the, the yeah, six BBC drama. Yeah. Mm. yeah, which I literally caught the last ten minutes of the other night. Um, 
people love it and I think a show has to stay alive and if it's going to be done slightly differently I think that's okay yeah. I think Rock Hue's about to go back on tour and it's a completely different um, director it's a, it's a completely mm. different show and, and I think it's not a bad thing to have it's it really. true because you mentioned um, Johnny um, E&O I mean they did On the Town and nobody would question the fact that they staged that for the Coliseum they staged it for a modern audience they didn't do it the way it was originally done on Broadway so I, you know it's interesting, isn't it? It is, and, and I think actually on this, finally, it, from the perspective of, of quality, we all know that Cameron McIntosh would never put something on that he wasn't 100% happy with, and he is a perfectionist, so as changes that he might make, it's never going to be below par in quality, and I think that's something that people I, obviously know. I just think we've got a year of this now, because everyone's going to go and see the new, the, the concert production. Revolve it's Revolve Gate. It's a concert, you know, <laughs> the, yeah, Revolve Gate. And what happens to the Revolve? Now, could this end up being sold at a flea market. <laughs> oh, I like your link there. What a segue. What do you think? What a segue. Is that good? Because oh, it's <laughs> The West End flea market, West End shows come together to sell props, photos and posters as part of a new event to raise money for the charity Acting for Others. Now, this takes place May 18th at St Paul's Church in Covent Garden, uh, which is, of course, the Actors' Church. You said, what's great about that is if you've ever been to a service or any event there, and, and it's all getting the priest is there and so on. And then there's all these tourists coming in and going, oh, that's the tomb of John Gugard on the <laughs> wall. And they just, they just wander around taking pictures and so on. Um, but it's um, it's a great idea, isn't it, Kerry? It's an amazing idea. They actually have been doing this on Broadway for years. And I remember when I was there with Wicked and suddenly my, my brushes disappeared and I was having to scribble on these green brushes that were, you know, hiking it down to the flea market. And it's a lovely idea. Yeah. It, it fans all over, on fans and people that have been in the shows you know you're not you're not you don't get anything from these shows you can't swipe a piece of costume or a, or a prop so really? you can't, I promise you you can't oh, we've all tried we have <laughs> tried I tried to take my hats from Wicked you must it have taken from Wicked I didn't I promise you oh gosh God. a Wicked hat I would know. be like yeah Gold anyway but this I think it's a really good idea I think fans will go nuts for it um, and it's I think it's great having your own little piece of uh, piece of musical history yeah, and there's also going to be a West End Bake Off as well, which is uh, which is where the West End casts bake, and you go around and you can eat their cakes and so on. So there we are. And, and depending which show it is, they have different sort of themes to them. Speaking of West End this, West End that, uh, Eurovision uh -huh. um, takes us away from the stage, um, as uh, the shows that are currently on the stage, and the uh, performers do something a little bit different, Joy. Do you know what? It is one of my favourite events of the year. If you love Eurovision, this is like Eurovision Who times doesn't love Eurovision? ten. Exactly, that's true. Our <laughs> listeners must love Eurovision. It's a prerequisite of downloading the podcast. Um, honestly, it is the campus tonight ever. And also, what's crazy is it starts about eleven thirty at night because obviously all the cast do their normal show, then they run over to the venue and then they just go for it. And it is absolutely bonkers high octane high energy honestly it what's is, amazing is, is they're doing eight, eight shows a week and then they then they set to with costumes designs <laughs> a whole routine yeah. for this because it's just such a fun event have you have you ever done it Kerry have you done? I have done it I've I've kind of done it as a as a judge and a presenter and uh, I remember one night I was part of it and and suddenly the, the scoreboard went down and it was kind of that because they don't get long to rehearse or, or mm. you know stages 
it or, or you that's know classic Eurovision though things are going wrong exactly and there's a you know a few technical things happen sometimes anyway it all went it all went very quiet so I kind of like ran on the stage and was started to talk to the audience and I was like hang on let's have a little bit of a sing song and Stuart Morley I think was on the stick and played with the band so I said Let, play, let's sing a bit of somebody to Brilliant. love so we did a little sing along and it was it was amazing but the buzz mm. in those uh, those evenings is just unreal yeah. and everybody kind of comes together and they say you know change is as good as a rest and I think the whole company it's like um, it's like a release for them they just go mental and it's great to see some people in some cast perhaps do things that they don't normally do yeah. and it's magical it's yeah, great Yeah, April 28th Adelphi Theatre tickets are on sale our guest today Emma Kingston joins us and uh, you're uh, doing a nightcap event as part of the other palace festival thing that's coming up in but I you am. you never did Eurovision did you? I never got a chance to do West End Eurovision the two years that I was in Les Mis they decided to have a little hiatus <laughs> um, so I never got a chance to be a part of it but I remember when we were rehearsing for when I first started doing Les Mis and the cast of Les Mis were doing West End Eurovision and sort of staggering into rehearsals the following day at 10am having had the best night I think it's a real chance for the community of the West End to come together mm. and I think that's really nice you know everyone in their respective shows gets a night where everyone is in the same room and can really just have fun It's acting up with Jamie Creek and Kerry Ellis and Johnny Bunyan our guest is Emma Kingston and the other palace is putting on a special um, a festival to find new musicals next yeah. week but as part of that, there are these nightcap concerts and you're doing one of those. Tell us I about am. it. I am. My wonderful friend Paul Taylor-Mills is producing this festival called the MT Fest whereby there's eight musicals being showcased. They're only going to be about 45 minutes each. And then, as you said, as a part of that, I think there are 12 nights of nightcaps. So each night you can see a different West End performer talk to Paul in conversation about your career and you get to sing some songs and I think it's just going to be a really lovely two weeks that just really celebrates new work American and British kind of bringing all people together and you know I think tickets for each event are only about 10 or 12 pounds so it gives people a real opportunity to come and see new work and I think we've got such a want for new work at the moment and it's just really lovely to get to be a part of that to go along to the other palace and yeah, chat to Paul, sing a few songs. It'd be great. I was going to ask, from a perspective of performing as yourself, I know that some performers Terrifying. absolutely hate it because <laughs> you can't hide behind a character. How do you feel about the idea of performing as you as opposed to, say, Evita or, or previous roles we've done? I think what's funny with doing concerts is I always remember watching an interview with Beyonce. Now, I am no Beyonce. However, she always says that to do her concerts, whether they're at Wembley or any of these amazing venues, she puts on her alter ego like an I am Sasha Fierce. And I think when it comes to cabarets and concerts, you kind of present yourself in a way that is for an audience that you can get on board with. And it's almost your performance persona versus the private part of yourself. It's a chance to share your achievements. And I think sometimes as performers, especially if we're in between jobs or like, you know, waiting for the next best thing, we forget the achievements sometimes that we have. And I think, especially with these nightcaps, it's actually a nice opportunity for people to celebrate what they have achieved yeah. in their career thus far. Are they each announced as um, who's written the music and are they billed as what they are or, or are you literally going to see the person who's, who's performing them? So the nightcaps are billed 
per person. So I think a couple of names off my head, Louise Dearman is doing one. Luke Bayer, who's just done Everybody's Talking About Jamie, is doing one. Jordan Luke Gage, who's just been in Bat Out of Hell, um, playing the lead of Strat, myself, Laura Pitt-Pulford. So Lovely. everyone is sort of on a different night. And then when it comes to the musicals, they're, like I said, different musicals mm. from all over. I think Which the other panellists have done a lot of this, haven't mm. they? They've, yeah. Uh, you know, really supported... They're really trying to support new work and I think see what the life of these eight shows can be you know based on a response and how well they sort of come together in these 45 minute segments see is there something that can be played with here to put out there to a much wider audience and in terms of doing that sort of one-on-one performance I mean Kerry you've done things where if you're in a big presumably in a concert hall and the lights are on and the audience is there, if you like. You can feed off that. You can get that kind of excitement about the songs you're doing. But when you've done things like um, Crazy Cox, for example, mm, yeah. you're almost in the audience. It's quite... You can see the whites of their eyes. I mean, is that difficult? <laughs> I kind of like it, though. I'm, the thing I'm doing, um, the Sunday Encounters, are going to be a similar kind of thing at the Haymarket. You know, a bit of kind of chat. I'll be talking to Gabby Roslin and then singing some songs from my career. And that is in a slightly bigger venue. However... I actually enjoy when it's really intimate and there are only 60, 80 people in the room because you do feel like you're just having a chat to friends and family and you're you're singing among, and telling stories amongst friends and I think that's quite a unique experience for the audience and for me as, personally. I get a real satisfaction from being able to hear the people and, and talk to them and respond to them and have that freedom mm. to interact. And Emma, also being able to see some of the, the people who are on the, on the stage in the West End in a different way, really because you might yeah. have seen people in, in Jamie or, or Les Miserables or something and that's of course very not constricted by the performance but, no, it but essentially you're not you're not watching Kerry Ellis or Emma Kingston as themselves you're watching Emma or Kerry playing a character so it is a really nice opportunity as Kerry said especially in these more intimate venues where you can you know really have a personal connection with every single person in the room I know I did a couple of Zadell's Crazy Cox concerts last year and it was full of people I knew who were just coming out to support and it is just that really lovely intimate supportive atmosphere where you can feel more comfortable I think the more of these I'm doing the more comfortable I get so when can we see you (laughs) you can come and see me on February the 21st at 9 p.m for my nightcap but the MT Fest starts this coming Monday on the 10th of February and it runs for two weeks have a look on the other palace website you can buy tickets or the MT Fest and there are about two little musicals every single day and there is a nightcap on every single day of the week there are also things tea for two I think Paul's going to sit down with some people in the industry such as Mark Shenton or Drew McConey and have a chat Mm. about their influences and their part within the industry. So there's a lot going on, a lot of insight that people can take from different parts of the industry. I know David Grindrod is doing one who's a big casting director. So if you're a young aspiring actor and want some insight into audition technique or the best things to do in front of big casting directors maybe go and see that and it's all listed on the website so take a look great great and um harriet thorpe is in one of those new productions she uh, is going to be with us next week Yay. terrific she is uh she's going to be playing uh, jessica fletcher in a uh, musical entitled <laughs> bloody bloody jessica fletcher <laughs> so I, have, I wonder what that's going to be about <laughs> When you buy clothes from Balkan, you're not buying from just another online retailer. You're buying from a five-star rated brand. 
fit and quality is at the heart of everything we do. And you're not buying throwaway fashion either. You're buying meticulously crafted, elegant pieces that you'll love forever. Our collections are defined by foundational pieces infused with timeless essentials and relevant trends. Marie Claire described our collections as everyday designs with a cool fashion edge. And The Telegraph said, if you're after a perfectly pulled together, paired back capsule wardrobe, then Balkan is your go-to. Right now, you can enjoy a little luxury for less in our end of season sale. And with free delivery and returns when you spend £59, there's never been a better time to try us. In fact, the only difficult bit is spelling our name, Balkan. B-A-U-K-J-E-N. Find us at Balkan.com. That's B-A-U-K-J-E-N.com. Acting Up with Jamie Crick. Your Theatre Week is here every Thursday. Remember, lots of people get in touch to tell us about theatre disasters, the things that go wrong on stage when you're in a show, or, of course, backstage if you're one of the production crew. We love to hear your stories. Get in touch by email at hello at actingupod.com. Hello at actingupod.com. This week we're joined by Katie Evans, who's in Port and South Wales. Uh, or I should say, we're off to speak to Katie, the wonderful <laughs> Katie of Port. <laughs> Katie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Tell us the story, because it is to do with The Wizard of Oz. I was about 18, so quite a few years ago now, and I was playing the Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz. Obviously a lot of falling over involved. So it was a Saturday, Saturday matinee performance. I came on to do my thing and did my falling over and put my hand straight into a black light at the front oh, of the stage. Um, it wasn't badly cut. It was OK, but there was a bit of concern. There might have been some glass stuck in it. So we bandaged it up and decided to head off to A&E during the break between the two shows on the Saturday. So you actually finished the show bandaged up? Yeah, yeah, they just strapped it up. Um, it, as I said, it wasn't badly cut. Um, we just carried on. That's quite um, fitting, though, isn't it? headed off to A&E in the break. So, so that's quite fitting, playing the scarecrow, because you're already covered in all sorts of bits anyway, so you got away with that. Everything. Yeah, I've heard of breaking a leg. This is cutting a hand. And then you, um, <laughs> and, and then, then you went off walking into A&E... There's a further part to this story. Oh, brilliant. Dressed as a scarecrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there was already quite a, a short turnaround between the matinee and the evening show. Oh, so you were, you were fully intending to do the evening show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, was the, it was the last day of the, of the run, so I sort of had to carry on. Uh, yeah, so there was already a short turnaround, so we headed up to A&E, no time to get out a costume, which included full face and makeup with a painted-on carrot nose. <laughs> oh, so so I just want to. Did anyone take a picture of the moment where you walked into reception at A and E and said, uh, "Hello"? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, not. No, this was as I said, it was about twenty years ago, before camera phones or anything yeah. like that. Maybe luckily on my part. Well, it's a fantastic story, Katie. Thank you very much indeed for telling us about it. Are you doing any other productions now, or is that something in the past? No, nothing recently, no. Uh, work and home life kind of got in the way of that, so I just tend to go to the theatre and watch other people perform myself. No. Great. What was I the last... to our podcast. What, well, absolutely. <laughs> what was the last thing you went to see? I went to see Jersey Boys last week in Central Cardiff. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, it's good to talk to you, Katie. Thank you very much for joining us. You too. Thanks very much. I just also wondered, while we're talking, at, while you're here, uh, Emma, has anything yes. like that ever happened to you? Oh, at on, all? on stage mishaps. It wasn't a massive mishap. But during Evita, during the waltz for Ava and Jay, it's about the only time 
I think it's the only time in the show where Ava and Che actually make eye contact and I lost a shoe. Um, in one of the grids on stage I took a step back and my shoe fell off and um, we're not supposed to touch either so my friend Jonathan who was playing Jay picked up one shoe I took off the other one and then he sort of slammed it down in front of me tried to make it a part of the number (laughs) that was good good. yeah that's the most recent mishap I could think doing the waltz hopping Doing the world topping with one heel on. Yeah, could have been slightly embarrassing. <laughs> we, um, we like to find out about what goes on behind the scenes at uh, shows and the people who make the on-stage bit happen, if you like. And we, uh, we send Johnny Bunyan off <laughs> regularly. Yeah. Yeah. To, I get my exercise that way. To, to, to meet some of the people who... Who, uh, who have you got for us this week? Uh, do you know it's a corker this week. Um, I popped down to the newly renamed Gillian Lynn Theatre, formerly the uh, the London Theatre, the new London Theatre, I should mm. say, to meet up with Alan Bradshaw. Now, he's the resident director of School of Rock, fabulous musical, Angela Webber musical, that's going from strength to strength. Resident director is quite an interesting role, so I began by asking him, what on earth is a resident director? So, a resident director on a show is there to uphold the original vision of the original director, in our case, Lawrence Connor. What does a resident director do? What's kind of your day-to-day? Okie dokie. So, um, it's twofold, really. It's marrying the original vision of the director, in our case, Lawrence Connor, with the current cast that any show has at one time. Um, So... My typical day is I will come in, uh, give notes from the night before, do any little bits that need doing, usually do a show watch four times a week. Uh, We've got three different teams of kids and alternate Dewey, so I've got to make sure I clock those once a week. Give notes, feedback, rehearse bits that need doing, and uh, also take clean-up calls to maintain the standard of the show. You've been here today rehearsing. You're in the process of quite an intense rehearsal period. Just explain a bit about what that is, because obviously listeners that will go to see the show won't necessarily realise that actually your days are filled with rehearsals as well. Yeah, and and intense is the word. It has been one of those days. Um, We have three teams currently in the show who are show ready and we are currently putting in three new teams so we will um, essentially I've got six teams to juggle at the moment so we've been doing some technical stuff on the stage with our new kids and today was exciting because the kids who were staying on into another contract who are currently performing in the show they met with them for the first time as well which is always an exciting time to see the new full teams come together Talk to me a little bit about School of Rock as a show it's full on in terms of the fact that not only are you contending with adults but also a lot of children playing musical instruments. Just tell me how you have to sort of switch hats to work with both kids and adults oh it's sometimes the adults can be kid-like so you know maybe it's not that different a hat no uh, i'm only joking it's it's all about telling the story and coming together and actually there's a there's a theme of relationships between the kids and the adults so they have to work together and you kind of see them as one as families rather than families in the show rather than separate casts and we do work hard at the beginning of every session um, in parish notices to integrate them so they don't feel like they're separate I think that would be the key I think you touched on the fact that you're here to look after Lawrence's original direction but actually we talked to Alan Williams who's musical director of Aladdin a couple of weeks ago and he was saying about the fact that sometimes obviously when a new actor comes in then things can get tweaked and things can get changed how much do you as a, as a resident director make changes to the show depending on kind of cast or anything else if I gave uh, 20 actors exactly the same note they would interpret it differently and they all bring different things to it and certainly the four guys we've got in the show who play Dewey at the moment are not cast 
carbon copies of each other. They have all got really different strengths. So my job is to make sure that works the best it possibly can within the, that original direction. So um, in terms of, you know, the blocking pretty much stays the same. It's got to for safety-wise, technical reasons. But when it comes to different little choices, that's where we can really go to town and play. And there's a lot of ad-lib. Uh, there can be quite a bit of ad-lib for the Deweys in the show as well. They can bring their own comedy stuff, their own gags, and not all shows have that, so that's, that's quite a bonus as a director. I bet. What's the most complicated part of your job, do you think? Um, scheduling is definitely quite tricky. So if I'm not in the theatre or on stage giving notes, working with people, I shut myself in the office and kind of scheduling the rehearsals for cast changes when we put in adults and kids can be a nightmare because there's obviously there's uh, all the different departments to consider and they've all got to get their costume fittings, their wigs done, their hair done, their mic fittings, all those kind of things. So it's just, it's balancing that really, I'd say is the most complicated. And then finally, what do you think is your kind of favourite part of the job? Because it's, it is all-encompassing, you all have to have lots of different people. What would you say if you kind of took a step back and thought, going home on the tube, wherever you get home to, what, what's your favourite part? I absolutely love seeing the audiences come out of this show. Um, we have loads of kids and families coming to see the show and I've worked on loads of pantos over the years and they get involved, the panto audiences love the show but I've never seen kids so inspired as they are when they come out of our show that's definitely one of the plus points of working specifically on School of Rock Now, how about having a bite to eat in a top London restaurant whilst hearing West End performers sing? Mm, yum, yum, yum. Mm, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> that, that was very that was, rehearsed that was and very, very good. Rehearsed. That was very good, though, <laughs> I thought. Um, that's just what you can do at Joe Allen's American Theatre <laughs> Diner in London. I grabbed a cuppa with the dynamic duo, the venue general manager, Cathy and Josephine, who's one of the ambassador team, to find out a bit more. Cathy, first of all, then, tell us about the musical brunches. Very excited. We're finally getting our second one off the ground. And the first one was Bat Out of Hell, and now we have three fantastic members of the current cast of Lion King popping across before they do the matinee to do a quick 20 minutes of joy. They're going to power blast us. What are they going to sing, Josephine? Well, it's, it's a secret, Ooh. but I know it's Ooh. going to be magnificent. What are we, we have to you? <laughs> we have um, Shannon Taiwo, who covers Mufasa. We have Owen Chaponda, who's extraordinary, and Sadia McEwen. I mean, they just sing like angels. So the mm. three of them in Joe Allen's, how perfect is that going to sound? And, and so Disney's Lion King is just there, really. Yes, we look through the window, it's, yeah, it's yeah, there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it's good for them because they can come and do this yeah. and then they can go straight on on stage and hopefully, hopefully not mix up audience. because they won't be doing Lion King as such. They'll be doing no. s- songs that they love. But it was very funny because Shannon said to me, hmm, if we do this before, I wonder if we'll, we'll still have to do vocal warm-up. <laughs> Well, I've been singing for 20 minutes. I'm going to go for yes. I'm going to go yeah, for yes. You, you yes. could offer West End shows. This is the vocal warm Yeah, that would be You see, now that idea. would be easy, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? That would be fantastic. And just, so where did the idea of the, uh, the musical brunches come from? Do you know, was that Becky at Shine? Forgive credit where credit's due. I can't remember. Was it you? Oh, no, sorry, I'm giving the wrong person. It was Josephine here. Careful, you'll be in trouble Oh, dear. Sorry, Becky, but I thought I'd give you a shout anyway. Yes. Well, it might have been. It might have been. Well, we'll take, we'll take co-credit. conversation, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yes, because it just seemed so, so perfect. Because we're looking at eventually, hopefully, having a, a place 
next door, which will be our kind of Joe Allen cabaret venue, we sort of talked right from when Joe Allen's moved to Burley Street about starting to get people used to hearing performance at Joe's. And it seemed to be the best way to do this was to have sporadic performance brunches. And people go, isn't it lovely? Isn't mm. it lovely to come and eat and be entertained? Mm. It's kind of obvious, really, isn't it? Well, you'd think so, but it's harder than you think because, of course, everybody's working and everybody's doing eight shows a week and they don't necessarily want to sing for their supper on their on day Sunday off, etc. Or, and then yeah, there's yeah. cast changes and then there's this, that and the other. But now we seem to have got a little bit better into understanding who to ask, how to ask... Uh, and we've got the wonderful Watts on stage with the fantastic Sita there giving sponsorship, which is amazing. Thank you, Sita. Thank you, Alon. <laughs> You're quite fantastic. And then we've got another exciting project coming up. Over to you, Josephine. Musical starters. We have indeed a, a, a wonderful man called AJ O'Neill approached uh, one of the owners of Joe's and said, I would really like to look at Joe's as being like a showcasing arena for new work. And I thought, Wow, that's a clever idea. So anyway, I met with him and then I put the idea to the team and they were like, yeah, this, this could work. And now Andrew Lloyd Webber has got behind it and has given AJ some money and, and Joe's are supporting it. And so I think it's April the 28th yes. will be the first one. And it, you'll come to see 20 minutes of a brand new musical that hasn't even begun yet and how exciting is that is this is this like a lunchtime or an evening or it's the same kind of thing so the idea is there will be a performance they'll be identical so there's no point trying to sit there all day the idea is that there'll be um a performance at noon and then the second one would happen at two o'clock and on musical starters there's a third one but for the regular performance they're absolutely exhausted so they're not there the lion king is just one performance though because they actually have to be it's a working day bless yeah, them yeah and you wouldn't yeah. want to get them between the matinee and the no. And the main show, I mean, come no, heavens, they probably need a good meal at that point. <laughs> and I think that, that, that is what is unique about our performance brunches, is that they are the current cast of Western shows. On that note, guys, it's not ticketed, we don't charge anybody, so you could be sitting anywhere in the restaurant, but don't panic, when the performance comes, everybody can move forward. Last time we did it, we came across super fans, and they got quite hysterical oh, really? oh, if right. they couldn't see. There yeah, were tears, exactly. I'm just saying. There, there were tears on arrival at the table, and they couldn't do anything, and then when they realised they could see, oh, everything went all right again, so we'll just and, cut that And so it's, it's book your table now? It's book your table now. If you go online at W www.joallen.co.uk and then go to the 24th of February and book your table there. And, and first watch out, come, first serve. Watch out yes. for the other events yes, coming up. Yes, absolutely, really. yeah. absolutely. Sign up to our mailer while you're there so you're the first to know. Or come into Joe's regularly and you'll see things advertised on table talk. She's good, isn't she? She's, you've I trained her daily. well. Don't come into Joe's regularly. Come daily. Daily, yeah. Come Just park yourself. Yes, I mean, how we'll loyal are you, really? Yes, come exactly. on. More from Cathy and Josephine next week. And if you want to book the restaurant or find out more about the Sunday brunch events, go to joeallens.co.uk. <laughs> This is Acting Up with Jamie Crick, Kerry Ellis, Johnny Bunyan and, sorry, Johnny the Shirt Bunyan, I should say. Last week was the Hawaiian shirt. This week is your Scottish ancestry. It is, it's a tartan shirt. I'm going back home very soon. I like it. Yeah, we sent Johnny to meet uh, poor unsuspecting members of the public who, coming up from a West End show, are pounced on by the man in the Hawaiian or or a tartan tartan shirt with the Chelsea boots uh, to ask their opinion on a production. And it's time for thoughts on a show in our People's Vote this week. And, Johnny, what have we got? Well, it is a Broadway sensation that actually is 
recently just opened in London's Phoenix Theatre. Twitter has gone absolutely bonkers for this show. It is, of course, Come From Away, starring the fabulous Rachel Tucker, amongst others. I popped down to the Phoenix Theatre to find out exactly what the audience thought. I thought it was very moving and brilliantly executed, yeah. And it's a short one, isn't it? It's, it's one hour 40 straight through, so did, does that work in this particular concept? Absolutely. I mean, in a way, it starts the story and you just go right through the trajectory without a break. So it's it's brilliant. Yeah, great. really great. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And it was, you know, it brought a lot of memories back. It never occurred to me what else happened after 9-11. And wonderful, wonderful show. They were great. It was amazing. If you were alive during then and you remember watching the television... Yeah. It'll still strike you regardless. Because you hear what, what did you think of it? Yeah. It was very good, very, very good. Yes. Because we were sort of watching it on TV for days, you know, as it was unraveling. So when we heard it heard the news, it just came on, it was so dramatic. And emotional, you find this quite emotional, you're saying? Yes, It was a masterclass in storytelling. There are 12 actors on the stage. They fill that floor with characters. It's incredible. I mean, all of the people that have come out and said they loved it, but also the fact that the prices are saying it's kind of an incredible pace, it just rattles through. Iron 40 is not very long. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's simplistic staging, and I I don't want to take away from the production with that, but... They transport you from a plane to an airport, to a bar, to a gymnasium. At the speed of light, you follow every character. You recognise them, even though it's the change of a hat or a jacket. It's it's an incredible production, incredible staging. Uh, I thought it was absolutely wonderful. Fabulous story, great humour, amazing music, great acting, all of it. Just wonderful. It was terrific. It was really good. <laughs> really, really good, what yeah. What did you like about it? Uh, everything. everything. It's worth it. It was excellent. Excellent. Absolutely brilliant. What was it you enjoyed about it? Well, I think because we got a connection with Canada anyway, that um, that helped. But uh, the reality of it, the reality of it, is amazing. Absolutely amazing. They told the story very well. The view of the audience coming out from come from away at the Phoenix Theatre, which is opening at the moment to rave reviews. Not quite the first night yet, Johnny. Not quite, but very, very soon. And actually, Rachel Tucker, who I mentioned starring in the show, uh, she is going to be starring on our show very, very soon. She's coming in. Kerry, you were a good mate of hers. Yeah. I am. She's oh, she's adorable. I adore her. She's a fellow Wicked star, um, great singer, great actress, and uh, I reckon she's going to be fabulous in this show. I need to go and see her. I think do, she is. Do you know, having, um, having Emma here and you two talking about Les Miserables, Kerry, and then you talking about... Wicked. When you get together with people who've been in the same show, do you like talk shop? Like, you know, like <laughs> dentists go, have you seen that new device for, um, you know... I think you do. If you're, if, if perhaps if you're moving into a new show and you're with that person for a long time, you probably do because you do have similarities and you do have uh, similar experiences. Wicked is a massive institution, and anybody that's played the role or roles, should I say, has a story. And it's like a we almost have like um, an AA meeting for alphabets. You know, everybody, <laughs> yeah. every, anybody that you know has done it will have these same conversations. So I definitely with that show, and yeah, of course we do because there are. If you've been in the same theatre, the same dressing room the same, you know, backstage routes. Of course, you've got things to talk about. So, yeah, I guess we do. Yeah, yeah. Also, just worth pointing out, if you've got any questions for Rachel Tucker, we'd love to hear from our audience. Mm. Do get in touch. You can get in touch via our email, hello at actinguppod.com or find us on social media, search for Acting Up Pod. Get your questions in because I know she'd love to answer them. Yep, coming week for all of us. I'm hoping to see Charlie's Temp in Rough Crossing and uh, talk to the great man. 
himself because he's coming into um, Mary Poppins, of course. Yes, indeed. Yeah. With the lovely ZZ Strallen, one mm. of the Strallens, the one many the Strallens. talented Strallens. <laughs> they all, they all, they all, basically, Summer's the only one that's not played Mary, so, yeah, Scarlett's done it, ZZ's done it. She's waiting for the new film version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Poppins returns confirmed. again. Yeah, she should come back. Yeah, it's been a busy week for me. Um, I've been running around and starting a new tour on Tuesday. I'm on tour with Calabro for, mm-hmm. I think I'm doing 38 dates and we end at the Royal wow. Albert Hall. Um, I have a rehearsal this afternoon for a, a show we're doing at the Albert Hall called uh, Let's Face the Music. Um, mm. I'm doing it with um, Anna-Jane Casey and lovely Ollie Thompson. And that's in March... So, yeah, busy day for me. Yeah, right. it's going to be busy. And you're just... Well, I'm wandering around the West End talking to people about <laughs> all sorts. <laughs> okay, I've gone backstage, no, I'm going front. But actually, in a couple of weeks, I'm back up to my hometown of Edinburgh because I'm off to see the aforementioned Les Miserables Tour. Mm. So you might hear a Scottish lilt in my accent when I go north of the border, like a la John Barrowman. Do you really put on a... It, yeah. uh, it, does, it does happen. And actually, just, just briefly, we should mention John Barrowman because <clears throat> we all love John Barrowman. He is going to star just quickly in a new ITV show, All Star Musicals, alongside Lane Page. This is where they get celebrities up to perform... Uh, musical theatre songs and last year they had Freddie Flintoff hosting which I thought was a bit weird because he's not musical particularly this year they've got the lovely um, John Barrowman and Lane Page so it should be should be a bit it more interesting it makes a bit more sense doesn't it, it does, really? a bit, does a bit yeah yeah absolutely well it's, it's great to have you here thank you very much uh, if you've been tuning in to uh, the Acting Up pod how do you um, how do you sort of sign up and well you must 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 make sure that you subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet just to be clear it's not it doesn't cost you anything it's very easy it's hit free. subscribe and it is free and the best thing about that is it automatically downloads the show for you so wherever you listen to your podcast from if you subscribe it'll already be there waiting and uh, we want them to give us a bit of a review don't we Carrie? we do there is an option of five stars on there but the you know, we're option. not telling you how to vote or what to review but um five if you'd like good, to give though. us a five star re- yeah, review that would be wonderful just, just just to say five. Yeah, it's a magic number. Five stars. Emma, it's uh, lovely to have you here. 21st in it uh, at the Other Palace. 21st of February, 9pm at the Other Palace to come and see me. Otherwise, from the 10th of February for two weeks, you can catch all things MT Fest. Fabulous. Just a quick exclusive from you. Any particular song you're singing that no one knows yet? Come on, oh, give us something. Oh, any particular song that I'm singing. I might be doing something from Evita. Ooh. Seeing as I didn't get to bring the show to this country, so I'm going to... Yeah give everyone a sneak peek of what I was up to around the world. You keep your shoes on. I do keep my shoes on this time. (laughs) (laughs) This time it might be a six-inch heel. (laughs) That's it from us with Acting Up Pod this week, and we'll see you next week for your Theatre Week. Acting Up is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com.